are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Tuesday, March 22nd, 2022, and this is Locked On Mariners. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. I am your host, Tiny Gonzalez, joined as always by my co-host, Colby Patnode. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. That's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. Be sure to also check out our Patreon where we talk about the Mariners even more and also get into some non-baseball talk twice a week. Visit patreon.com forward slash control zone for information on that if you are interested and want more of us. On today's episode of Locked On Mariners, we're going to tell you why one of the more concerning aspects about the Mariners heading into 2022 should also be exciting for fans. Then we're going to look at the starting pitching market, how it's condensed down even further, and which in-house option we'd prefer the Mariners to go with for the number five spot in their rotation. And finally, we'll talk about why it's okay to be bummed by what the Mariners didn't get this offseason while still acknowledging the improvements they made as well and if this is your first time joining us welcome to the show if you like what you hear give us a follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this we greatly appreciate it so right now it seems like julio rodriguez is going to be the opening day center fielder for the mariners which is incredibly exciting at face value but also pretty scary considering the fact that he's only had so many at bats above a ball and there's also this number five starter discussion which we're going to get into even further later on in this show but right now you know the the jerry depoto has basically said we're not interested in the free agent market we don't want to go after a true number five if we're going to add another starter it's going to be someone that fits in the middle or the top of our rotation and if we can't get that it's basically going to come down to Levi Stout, George Kirby, and Matt Brash to duke it out for that final spot. Well, that is also very scary, especially when you talk about injuries that could potentially happen and the depth that you have there and the fact that you've traded Brandon Williamson and have kind of taken away from that depth a little bit already. But the nice thing about this, the thing that is really exciting for fans, the thing that fans should be excited about, or at least happy with is that the Mariners don't have to give these opportunities to Julio Rodriguez, Matt Brash, George Kirby, Levi Stout, and be completely justified in doing it. They can use service time, right? Service time manipulation. That was definitely a point of uh, contention in the CBA talks, but nothing was really done to address that. There is a little, you know, some steps there, but nothing to really punish teams for it. So teams are still incentivized to do it. And with someone like Julio specifically, right, that that's a guy that, again, hasn't played much above a ball. So there's definitely a way that you can justify it where he needs work. And plus, you're having to move over to a new position, potentially, which is also kind of scary. But they don't have to do this, right? Instead... They're taking their shot and saying, hey, we think this guy can be a star for us. We think this guy can actually help us this year. And also a part of it is is because of circumstance, right? The way that they built their roster, of course. But they feel 
that Julio Rodriguez can legitimately help them. And they're taking a shot. They are risking this. They're risking his development. They are risking, you know, an, an additional year of club control here with him. Potentially. Same thing with, with, with George Kirby or Levi Stout or whoever. Same exact thing. And they are giving these guys opportunities that they don't have to. They really don't have to. And this was a problem for a lot of fans last year with Jared Kelnick, with Logan Gilbert. That, that was a problem back in 2020. And the Mariners took their time with those guys. And it made sense in the end, of course. But still, there's going to be some fans that are upset with that. But they're not doing that this year. I think that's very exciting. I think that's very encouraging about the Mariners' process, about Jerry DePoto's process, and about where they are right now. And I think it says a lot about their confidence in someone like Julio Rodriguez, someone like Matt Brash. What do you think, Colby? Yeah, it's certainly interesting. Um, it's Again, it's not something I would do. It's one of my biggest contentions with uh, their offseason. I, I don't care all that much that they miss on Bryant and Story. Um, I care more about the fact that they are kind of banking on these young guys. And it's, it's not just Julio or Kirby and Brash. It's Kelnick. It's Raleigh. It's Toro. I mean, these, these are guys who you have very little backup. If, if they all bomb and, and while, while it's almost, it's almost as likely that, you know, like that all of them are bad as it is that they're all really good this year. It's almost the same odds, but still that's stacking a lot onto, you know, a handful of young guys who you want around for the long term. And if they fail, there's really not a lot behind them to, to, you know, subsidize that. So it, it's definitely a little bit of a risk. Um, but I don't think the Mariners are too worried about losing, for example, your service time with Julio. I think they are planning on making Julio Rodriguez the highest paid player on the Mariners here pretty quick. Um, maybe not during the season, but potentially uh, next offseason. Like, I think they believe Julio Rodriguez is a superstar. And so the extra year of service time really doesn't mean anything to them. Um, and by yeah. all accounts, Julio loves it uh, with Seattle, too. So there's probably going to be mutual interest there uh, on an extension. I don't think it really matters. And it's also worth noting that you can send him down if he struggles and still get that extra year if you really want to. Right. Um, right. You know, it, it's most commonly done. You wait, just wait until, you know, April 15th or whatever. But if you call him up and he's up until May and he just doesn't really perform and you want to send him down, you can just recoup that extra year by keeping him down until, you know, mid-June. Uh, and you'll be fine. Uh, the CBA really yeah. didn't do much to prevent that. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's exciting. It's it's un, I understand the the nerves. Uh, there's not much of a safety net there, um, and this is why I think Jerry has to be willing to be fairly aggressive earlier in the year than he usually would be. Uh, but yeah, you have, you have to walk that line between letting these guys get their reps um, and letting them have a shot to establish themselves, and and not waiting too long. Uh, to where it hurts your team's playoff chances. So it's a delicate little stretch here, but uh, Julio is is certainly, you know, a one-of-a-kind uh, type of player in personality. Um, and, and uh -huh. you know, if it's Brash or Kirby or whatever in the number five, maybe they both make the team with an expanded roster and, and they piggyback each other for a little while. Um, 
you know, they, they, they're only going to have so many bullets to, to fire this year. I mean, they're, they're both going to be on some kind of innings limit, some kind of pitch count uh, this year anyways. And so every bullet you spend down in AAA is one less you have at the big league. So, you know, if you put them up on the big league level in, in April and May, again, you can do that and you can send them down in June when you acquire another starter or July or whatever. Um, you can move them both to the bullpen for the rest of the year. There are a lot of things you can do there. So, uh, it, it's certainly a show of confidence. It's also uh, probably my biggest uh, hesitation with with being all in on this this particular roster in terms of making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's 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 pretty big swing for Seattle, and if it works, fantastic. And if it doesn't, you hope it doesn't sink you. Um, but the possibility that it could does remain. So let's talk about the number five starter and how realistic is getting that top or middle of the rotation piece for the Mariners. It's not looking great right now. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. Real quick reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by BetOnline. It's that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. You're listening to Locked On Mariners. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every day. And just a reminder to check out Locked On MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts, just like us. So we were just talking about Matt Brash, Levi Stout, George Kirby, Two of those guys pitched yesterday against the Diamondbacks. Brash looking pretty, pretty good. Had some some struggles with the uh, with the command, a little bit of the fastball, but um, uh, slider looked good. Topped out at, at uh, three thousand RPM, something like that. Um, what was what was the number that you told me last night, Colby? I think it ended up being thirty one twenty eight. Yeah. That's if you're not familiar with spin rates, I'll, I'll simplify it for you. That's really good. <laughs> that that's an elite slider uh, in spin rate, like yeah. top ten and in I all mean, of baseball already. Yeah, and I mean we've we've seen it. We've seen videos of it. It is uh, arguably the best pitch in all of minor league baseball for the last year or so. And uh, and that might be coming to uh, to T-Mobile Park pretty quickly here. So, yeah, again, Brash looked pretty decent. Kirby got hit for about six runs yesterday. Big three-run home run to David Peralta against the Diamondbacks. Ultimately, those, uh, you know, numbers aren't, aren't going to uh, dwell too much in the conversation here for the number five spot. Uh, but just, uh, you know, looking at this, because, look, right now you, you're seeing guys like Luis Castillo, maybe being shut down for shoulder soreness with the reds. we got to see how that develops. You know, the, the, the A's guys with Frankie Montes and, and Sean Mania still haven't been traded. And there's a lot of, a lot of teams in their market. 
And then you look around the rest of the league, there aren't a ton of options that you're saying, yeah, that guy is definitely going to be traded before opening day. And there really isn't a ton of reason for those teams to trade, uh, to trade them as if there's like this deadline happening on, on April 7th, they can wait. And, um, you know, it's ultimately a two way street, right? Uh, so just doesn't seem like there's a real possibility for the Mariners to land that top or middle of the rotation guy right now that Jerry DePoto has talked about it. So it does seem that one of Brash, Kirby, or Stout is going to make this rotation. And right now the, the easiest way to do that is with Brash because he's already on the 40-man roster. But do you have a different preference, Colby? Like you said, there there's not a lot of guys who are known to be available right we we just we just don't have that uh that long of a list here and, and if uh you know if castillo is shut down with shoulder thing um sounds like he's going to try and throw it today or tomorrow so maybe it's not too serious but we also have a report from Heyman that says the reds aren't going to trade those guys right now which seems dumb and tell you remember it's the reds so par for the course really um so they're out. Uh, Zach Gallon was kind of a sleeper guy, but he has his own shoulder issues to deal with. He's out. Jack Flaherty, again, another sleeper guy, shoulder issues. He's out. Um, so yeah, you're kind of looking at your own. It's the Oakland guys. It's maybe John Means, who's probably more of just a solid three than a, a top of the rotation type of guy. Um, so yeah, it's not a lot of options. Uh, not a lot of well-known options, we should say. Uh, it's there's always a possibility Jerry surprises us and and just you know pulls I I don't know Brandon Woodruff or something something crazy like that. Um, but yeah, it, it seems almost at this point a like a, a something that's going to be set in stone. It's going to be one of the one of the one of the prospects and. I think my preference would probably be brash um, for three or four innings. And then I don't know, you piggyback him with Swanson or uh, Johan Ramirez or somebody who can give you a couple innings and you kind of, you kind of do it that way. Um, yeah. It's, it's interesting though that, you know, DePoto hasn't even mentioned justice Sheffield at all uh, this spring. Right. So that kind of tells you and that was another. At. And that was another point that I wanted to make in the last segment, right? Is like the Mariners could very well just, you know, Jerry DePoto could very well say, well, here's Justice Sheffield or here's Nick Margavichus if he's healthy. I really don't know if he's healthy or not. Um, you, you know what I mean, though? He could go with a very unexciting option here at the number five spot. But at least with someone like Brash, someone with uh, like Kirby, someone like Stout, there's, uh, there's upside. There's... Yeah something that's exciting and that to me at least i i'm 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 glad that that's at least the path that jerry and friends are taking here instead of just saying yep we are going to try and make it work with justice sheffield right which kind of screams a similar strategy to what they did last year when they uh when they went you know we need someone to cover innings right now. Let's open up a very important game in Colorado with Keenan Middleton. <laughs> and after that, Darren McCacken. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, didn't work out. <laughs> um, so yeah, it just, it, it doesn't seem like they're really all that interested in, uh, 
I mean, granted, free agency is pretty much bare at this point, but I would yeah. think throwing a minor league deal at somebody like Chris Archer and seeing what he's got the next couple of weeks would make sense, especially if the plan is to start Brash and you can kind of, or you could start Archer for three innings and then Brash for three. Um, yeah. That seems to make a lot of sense to me, but that doesn't seem to be something they're interested in at all. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, Jerry's talked in the past about a guy who could move to the bullpen. Um, he hasn't talked about that recently, which makes me think he probably, you know, ran through his list there and didn't find anybody. Um, yeah, it's just, it's tough, man, to find a, to find the right, uh, fit here. And it just sure seems like it's probably going to end up being brash as the number five, but I don't think it's going to be as a traditional, uh, you know, he's going to go 85, 90 pitches. I I think it's going to be closer to 50 and, and they'll take him out. Um, it's a little tougher to do this year because there are fewer off days, but, uh, they'll find a way to manage and, um, you know, also Scott doesn't have that extra pitcher in his bullpen. He can only have eight this year, so it would really benefit the Mariners if they expanded the rosters uh, to twenty-seven or twenty-eight, uh, at least for the first month. Yeah. So, at the end of the day, how do you feel about Brash and being able to start right out of the gate? We didn't see him at the major league level last year. He got called up, but they they never brought him out of the bullpen. Um, there's a funny tweet from Savage DePoto on Twitter yesterday about, uh, hey, there's there's Matt Brash. He finally made it out of the Seattle bullpen. Um, so how do you feel about, you know, the viability of that walking into 2022, walking into opening day? I would assume his first start will be in Chicago against the White Sox um, yes. if, if they go with Brash. Because it does, it does seem like it's going to be Brash, especially when Jerry talked to Root Sports on, what was it, Saturday? And listed, you know, Kirby, Stout, and quote unquote, especially Brash. Kind of just seems like it's going to be Matt Brash, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, don't don't love it. Um. Because it, for me, the bigger issue here is is you know, hey, look, if Matt Brash was your number five for a couple weeks, fine, whatever. Um. The bigger issue is is what if Matt Brash has to become your number four? Because, you know, God forbid, one of your yeah. top four gets hurt, which, you know, isn't unheard of for pitchers. So, yeah, then at that point, are you just rolling with Kirby no matter what, no matter how he looks, no matter how, you know, ready he is? Because you probably have to, because at some point you, you can't just, you know, you're the Mariners. Or is that where we get into the territory of Justice Sheffield, <laughs> you know? Right. Andrew it's, Albers, uh Darren McCacken, who's not even in the organization, whoever the Darren McCacken equivalent is, right? Ian McKinney. Seattle's just not in a spot where they can afford to do that, you know, unless it's, you know, once or twice. They they have to be, yeah. They have to be better than that. So uh, that's, again, that's why I'm a big fan of Chris Archer. There's at least some upside there. Um, but yeah, I mean, Maybe again, maybe there's somebody who gets bumped from their their rotation that the Mariners are high on. Maybe Tyler McGill or whatever his name is from the Mets. Uh, it looks like he's the sixth guy. Mets probably aren't going to trade him, but you know there's some upside there as well. So maybe it's somebody like that. You know who knows? Maybe Pablo Lopez is available um, at the end of the spring, um, or you know mm-hmm. maybe Jerry is is fishing in deeper waters than even we real we understand. So. We'll see. Like I said, I'm not. I'm, I don't hate it so long as the other four are healthy. But 
you can't guarantee that. So it, it's hard for me to, to love it. Yeah. So, and then you brought up a great point too, right? That if one of your top guys gets hurt, you're in a sticky situation, very yep. sticky situation. Like if, if Marco has to go down for an extended period of time, like last year, if, you know, say Logan Gilbert gets hurt or, or Chris Flexen gets hurt, what have you, you have a problem on your hands. You don't have really any sort of depth that has major league experience aside from Justice Sheffield and Andrew Albers, which that is frightening. It's terrifying, frankly. That's why I said, like, this is one of the major concerns heading into the season for the Mariners right now. And yeah, there's excitement with that, right? Because it's it's the young guys. It's the guys that they have spent the last three years investing in and building and putting together. And you're finally kind of seeing them reach this this level. But also, uh, it, it, you could see it just going completely sideways for them. And it, Jerry DePoto is a very um, actionable GM, right? He's, he's not going to sit on his hands. He, so I, I would, I would think that if an injury happened, he would try to quickly add from the outside, but there's no guarantee that you're going to find that deal, a deal that works for you, a deal that's not going to require a massive overpay, especially if you're kind of shooting a little bit higher than everyone thinks. And especially when you had opportunities here to add talent on, you know, for, for a few million dollars. Like even the Tyler Anderson deal, I know he got what eight million dollars from the Dodgers. What else are they going to spend that money on right now? I'm fine. They didn't do that, but uh, yeah, I, I get I get the sentiment. Um, yeah, I, I mean, mean this- like, I mean, wouldn't you rather have like Tyler Anderson as depth in case of that? In case no. of that event, not for eight million dollars. Nope, I'm good. It's a one year deal. I'm not spending money just to spend money. Move on. <laughs> one year deal I'd rather start Levi Stout to be honest what <laughs> yeah alright whatever we're going to talk about kind of staying in the same vein here what are we uh, what are we disappointed by what are we happy with from this off season why is it okay to be to feel both we're going to be talking about that in just a moment but real quick This episode of Locked On Mariners is also brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. So why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? For example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store, whereas with Rock Auto, it's only $216. Plus, Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and their prices are reliably low for every customer. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. All right, Colby, 
you uh you clearly hate Tyler Anderson. So you're very happy that they didn't bring him back, clearly. For eight million dollars. What else are you absolutely. happy about with this offseason? Um, I'm happy that the Mariners that isn't your money and only a one year commitment. Eight million dollars for a number six starter. Cool. Um right on, dude. Um uh, anyways. Yes, because Tyler Anderson performed at a number six starter level last year. He was a number yep. five starter last year. He was like a number four. Best. He was a number five. He was a number four. He's a number five. He was a number four. He's number four. He's a very borderline number five. There is nothing special. He's about a Tyler he's Anderson. a middle of the road four. He is not a middle of the road four. That's not even close to accurate. Anyways, um, yeah. I'm really happy. I'm I'm talking now. Okay, I'm really happy that uh, the Mariners <laughs> went out and got the best bat available. Uh, period. Like. It's it's really. You should rattle off that stat you did yesterday on the Patreon show. Um, I'm pretty sure I rattled it off here, but um, yeah. So of uh, all the all the hitters who uh, who changed hands uh, this off season, uh, Jesse Winker had the highest WRC plus uh, amongst those hitters uh, who who swapped you know, swapped teams. He was 13 percent better, I believe, than Freddie Freeman. Um, I'll pull it up right now. Uh, he was better than Freddie Freeman. He was better than Carlos Correa. Uh, pretty much name a name a bat that got moved uh, this offseason. Matt Olson. Yep, he's better than Matt Olson. He's better than Marcus Simeon. Uh, better than Corey Seager. Uh, Winker, you know, just in general, minus all these qualifiers, was the uh, seventh best hitter in all of baseball last year by WRC Plus, which is considered by many to be the best stat, uh, offensive stat. It's all-encompassing. Uh, the hitters who were better than Jesse Winker last year with at least the same number of at-bats, uh, Bryce Harper, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Juan Soto, Fernando Tati, Shohei Otani, and Aaron Judge. That's the whole list. Uh, Winker's 140, what, sorry, 148 WRC Plus was 2% better than Matt Olson. It was 3% better than Kyle Schwarber. Uh, it was uh, 8% better than Nick Castellanos. It was, uh, let's see here. It was 13% better than Freddie Freeman, 14% better than Carlos Correa, and 15% better than Starling Marte. Mm. Those are the top hitters who changed hands this winter, right? So, yep. yeah. Where uh, did Marte go? Uh, the Mets. Oh yeah, he went to the Mets. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, totally forgot about that. That happened so long ago. You know, the first half of the off season feels like an eternity ago. I feel like a lot of people kind of forget that Robbie Ray was added this off season by the Mariners because of the uh, because of the lockout because of the delay. Yeah, and um. and maybe that's what's led to some disappointment over the last you know few days last week or so because the Mariners have only made one big move coming out of the lockout and that's the Winker and Suarez deal which is great move in my opinion fantastic move one of the best moves I can remember Jerry DePoto making quite frankly considering what they had to give up which wasn't a ton I mean Brandon Williamson hurts but we don't know what the other prospect was um, we won't know until you know for a couple of months at least but to get one of the best hitters in baseball, who you just talked about, Jesse Winker, and a 
reclamation project who should at least hit for power this year and a Eugenio Suarez for Brandon Williamson, Jake Fraley, Justin Dunn, and a player to be named later. Yeah, that's a great deal. Um, to get Adam Frazier, to get Robbie Ray, all the stuff that they've done. And I don't even think that that we should look at it just as what they did after season's end. It should also be what they did at the trade deadline, getting Diego Castillo, getting Abraham Toro. Those guys are also should should also be included as part of this because that work started in July. And, um, yeah, I, I, I think what they did is it's at least put them in a position where they're going to be competitive. They're going to be in this thing, barring, you know, significant injuries or some other sort of catastrophe by July, by the point where they can say, yeah, let's get aggressive and add to this roster and go for this thing. That said, I also get why people are, are, are let down. I get why they're bummed. You know, I, I I don't think that, you know, we should crucify the Mariners for what they've done, which a lot of people or what they weren't able to do this offseason, which a lot of people have, unfortunately. But I get being bummed about it. Yeah. You know, would I have liked to have Trevor Story on the Mariners? Sure. Would I have liked to have Chris Bryan on the Mariners? Sure. Those guys would have helped. But also you look at kind of the weird structure of stories deal. That's a little shady there. You look at, you know, the exorbitant amount of money that Chris Bryant got and the seven years and the no trade clause, and he's probably going to play first base in DH and left field. No, thank you. You know, you look at some of the, just the, the rest of the market, there's, there's caveats, there's concerns with a lot of those guys. And so, but yeah, I get it. You know, they didn't get any of the top names and a lot of the top names fit at positions that they, they had needs at. So it is completely okay to feel bummed about what they didn't get and also be excited for what they did get. Cause they did have a good off season. They didn't have a great off season. They didn't have an off season where you can look at it and go, Oh my God, they're Better than the Astros. Which I no one should have expected that, by the way. It's going to be incredibly hard to do that. And I don't think a lot of people expected Carlos Correa to leave, frankly. Which does hurt the Astros a lot. But still, I think the Mariners put themselves in a good position here to compete for the wild card and more come July. And I think that's really, you know, staying in reality here before we, you know, before the offseason began, I think that's really what you could have hoped for. You know, they didn't sit on their hands. They didn't let absolute disaster strike where they lost out on Bryant's story and just didn't do anything. They did stuff. Like you said, they got the best header that switched hands this offseason. Yep. Uh, Here's a list of players with at least as many at-bats as Jesse Winker, who beat Winker in batting average, on-base, and slugging, all three categories. The entire list is Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Bryce Harper, the end. (laughs) Yeah, they got the best bat. uh, That changed hands. Yeah. 
Um, not the best player, but definitely the best bat. They got a. Uh, they got a. I would say a number two starting pitcher uh, in, in Robbie Ray. Mm-hmm. They yep. got a probably probably this year going to be between two and a half to three and a half win second baseman. More than likely, you know, uh, last year it was four, but this year let's just say two to be safe. They got an everyday second baseman. They got a third baseman who carries tremendous upside and really is appears to be getting better the further he's removed from his shoulder issue. Um, at the mm. very least, is an adequate Kyle Seeger replacement. Um, you know, and like you said, they added Abraham Toro, Diego Castillo. Uh, you know, they added these guys at the deadline who are going to help them. Um, you know, obviously beyond last season. Um, and you know, they they are adding Ken Giles back. That was some foresight to to you know add him. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, technically, you can't really count. You can't count that. Uh, towards this offseason, the Giles thing, but mm-hmm. in a way you can. But there are pieces that are coming into play here that you didn't have last year. Yeah, absolutely. Right? You, you are getting better, and you're not just getting better with what you did over the last few months. You're getting better with the work that you've put in place over the last few years, frankly, because also, you know, Julio comes into the mix here. You're, you know, we'll see how that goes. Matt Brash, George Kirby, Levi Stout, all these guys that we talked about throughout this entire episode they all kind of count towards this thing and 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 have you know culminated to this point and you know it's 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 exciting it's a little concerning you know some aspects of it but i think the mariners again just to kind of circle back here have built a roster barring catastrophe capable of putting themselves in a position at, you know, come July or whenever, you know, cause there might be trades in April and May and whatnot. We don't know how the lockout is going to have lasting effects, but they're going to be in a position where they're in a, they add one piece, they add a couple pieces and we're talking division. Truly. Like, I think they are legitimately one to maybe three pieces away from competing for the ALS. The gap has certainly closed. And and part of that is because the Astros really didn't do all that much. Um, they didn't do anything and they're going to, they're not going to have Lance McCullers. They've lost Carlos Correa for, for a couple months. Yeah. Or for a month at least yeah. they at, they brought back Berlander, but he was always, you know, expected to be in their, uh, in their lineup. And we also so, don't know how he's going to bounce back at his age from Tommy John. Like, right. It's kind of weird, right? With the Astros and we, we're going to have to wrap up soon here. Cause I, I know you have to go and we're also uh, over time, but just to kind of finalize our thought here, like it, it's weird how everyone kind of just seems to expect that Justin Verlander is going to be a, a number one. Yeah. That's not a guarantee at all. No, it's not. I, I think he'll be pretty good. But yeah, it's definitely not. We shouldn't be banking on it. Um, and, you know, mm-hmm. aside from bringing back Dunn, who, again, is not an ad- or sorry, Verlander. Again, it's not a not an addition exactly, although he did miss all yeah. of last year. But this was expected. Right. So it's kind of tough to count. It's an addition from where they were last year, but eh, not really. Uh, aside from that, the biggest move they made 
is they signed Hector Neris, who's yeah, they a good lost, reliever. They lost Kendall Graveman. Yep. So basically, Neris replaces Graveman, and mm-hmm. and then you know, the yeah. only other major league deal they signed uh, this winter, uh, Nico Goodrum, which I like that move, but it's it's Nico Goodrum, you know. Yeah. Um, who, of course, is going to hit for like a 120 WRC oh, absolutely. plus. As absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but, you know what I mean? It's like, look, yes, they have Kyle Tucker still. Yes, they have Alvarez. Yes, I like Chaz McCormick quite a bit. Um, it's still a very yeah. good team. Bregman, but it Altuve, Gurriel. Right. Yeah. But it definitely got worse. And we need to, one thing we need to understand about the Astros, they don't have the ammunition to go get significantly better. Yeah. They don't. Uh, They have arguably the worst farm system in baseball. Um, It's, it's right there. Again, they don't have first round picks. It's there's still talent and then they could still get creative and and piece something together. Maybe take on another massive contract. Remember they underpaid for uh, Verlander because the contract was so huge. So they do have ways to add significant players, but it is going to be incredibly difficult for them to do so. Whereas a team like the Mariners has all the ammunition they need. Any player that's available via trade this uh, this summer, the Mariners can't afford. That's a fact. They can absolutely afford yeah. it. Whether or not they want to buy it is a different matter, but they can afford it. Whereas whereas Houston and really, you know, also the Angels, who we shouldn't overlook entirely, just, you know, they'll shoot themselves in the foot somehow, but they are a very talented roster. Those two teams really can't compete with the Mariners' ability to get better in July. So if this mm-hmm. thing is close and if it's a three-team race or if the Mariners are leading the division or whatever, who's going to be in the best position pending health? It's, it's going to be the Mariners because they can go yeah. get a lot better um, in July, June, July. And yeah. the other two teams yeah, the other two teams in this division really can't. So something to yeah. keep in mind. Um, yeah. Yeah, talent and, acquisition and doesn't stop. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I get the frustration that, like, you know, there's why can't we just have it now, right? Why can't they make that move now? Why can't they get significantly better now? I get that, right? Mm-hmm. And everything is situation, you know, situational and circumstantial, and you know, we don't know. We don't know what's going on with the market right now. We're not in the front offices. We, you know, we don't know. None of us do. And but I, I I do understand that there that there is some frustration with you know maybe not taking the ki- uh, the uh, the killing blow if you will right now, which even then you know the Astros are still good they're still going to be very good this year, and uh, but the but like you said the Mariners are in a spot right now where if they make a move here if they make a move there if something breaks for them like Julio Rodriguez becoming the superstar that they think he is. I mean, there you go. That's a huge addition right there. So, yeah, you know, it it sucks that they didn't get a story. They didn't get a Bryant. They weren't really in on a on a Freeman or a Correa or anything like that. And obviously, we have to rein on our rein in our expectations a little bit with you know with some of the bigger players. You know, just they might not want to come to Seattle, and it might not have anything to do with the organization itself. And that's something we all have to realize as fans is that. If if a team you know if the Mariners can't get a free agent, it might not be because the player you know because they're not offering enough money, or not because the player doesn't even want to play for the organization itself, or they view the organization as, as not a fit for them. It could also just be they just don't want to come to Seattle, mm-hmm. straight up. 
So on that note, that's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on Lockdown Mariners. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidy Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. That's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every day. Now make your second listen of the day locked on MLB, where Paul Francis Sullivan, and please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the Major League's President Pass. It's free wherever you get podcasts just like us. Have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we will see you tomorrow. Peace.